Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Joining me as he always does, it is the wonderful Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. What's going on, Jackson? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, yeah, no, I'm, no, okay, no. I'm okay, man. But, you know, you get it. I'm sure. I, I get you. Yeah. Shouldn't have even asked. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, and look, of course, from across the Tasman over there in New Zealand, it is Joe, aka Nose Crows McFly. Joe, how's it going, man? Mate, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, it's um, I'm actually just kind of googling um, the stages of grief because I feel like I, <laughs> we've talked about it before, but I feel like I need a, another brush up on it. Do you feel like you're in acceptance yet? <laughs> I'm starting to feel that well, way. Actually, <laughs> what I okay, this is where I've actually my mind actually started. I was thinking, I, I, my mind went back to like English class, <laughs> okay. and um. We did, we did in our seventh, so seventh form, uh, it's not even a term we use in New Zealand. Seventh form is your final year of high school. So it's probably like, is it grade 12 for you guys? 12 yes. in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Year 12. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So um, in New Zealand, it's actually year 13. For some reason, we do an extra year. I'm not sure why, but I'm digressing. I'm digressing. Anyway, in English, we did, we did Apocalypse Now. And um, do you know what? I just remember this This popped up. This little factoid just popped up. Do you know what apocalypse means, like, in the literal sense? Just like the oh, end of everything, yeah. the destruction of everything, yeah. everything dying? Well, but no. Oh, okay. It actually doesn't mean that in the literal sense. The It's sort of, it means, like, revelation or, you know, and I've just Googled it. I remember, you know, roughly what it meant, and it was this, like, an unveiling or unfolding folding of things not previously known and which could not be known apart from the unveiling and we have reached the apocalypse of the celtics we have we have an unveiling of what was not previously known and couldn't be known until we played the bucks in the second round <laughs> but now it all is unveiled wow we've always kind of deep down wondered what this team really was you know, we've had our suspicions. I thought you were going to start making comparisons between Marlon Brando's character and Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly thought that's where you were going. Right down to the yeah. thing Are we going to have forehead? to sacrifice a cow <laughs> yeah. at some stage? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, no. I like I, that's that's cool. I like that, man. <laughs> the fan base is Martin Sheen floating down the the river of despair or something, yeah. slowly losing their yeah. mind. There's something in this. I think we should. I think we should work on yeah. that. Holy cow! And like this season is a journey into the heart of darkness. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. And back. Um, oh my god. I I love that we got to like the apocalypse like within what with less than like three minutes in, straight to apocalypse <laughs> slash apocalypse. Yeah. Can only go up from here. <laughs> Um, but that, that was what I was thinking, you know, it was like we sort of, we didn't quite know what the team was and now we do, we do, we finally know yeah. and we have like a game or two left, but we know what the team is now for, with, for once and for all, right? So that's why I feel like it's the apocalypse. Yeah, so look, let, let's get right into it. And look, I'm not doing all the extra info fluff today. If you if you want to get in touch, just freaking Google us. They, they index everything on We're Google. Around. So just Google us. You'll find us. Uh, We're or, out there, man. Or don't, don't. Don't get in touch because we're we're a grouchy bunch today, as I'm sure you are as well. Um, and look, I'd ask you to rate the podcast, but I'd, I'd be concerned <laughs> that your rating would hinge very much on the on the current state of the Celtics. So don't do that. Uh, maybe maybe once we sign Anthony Davis. Um, but I digress, guys. The Celtics they they dropped a, a must win game five to the Bucks in Boston, 113 to 101. And just like we all predicted, the game was lost on a massive third quarter run undertaken by the Bucks role players while Middleton and Giannis were on the bench. 
Um, guys, what, what <laughs> I, I hesitate to ask, but like, what are the immediate thoughts and, and takeaways from this game? Where do, you, where do you think the game was lost? Was it that third quarter or was it something more holistic than that? If I'm going to just talk about the game in the microcosm of the game itself, not of the scope of the season, not of the scope of the playoffs or yeah, even well, the Bucks yeah. series itself, just the game itself. It was, mm-hmm. the, it was the bench. It was the bench. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into Kyrie later. We're going to get into probably, maybe not, we won't get into this, but rightfully that the Bucks have been playing some fantastic defense and that has to be acknowledged. Um, but seven points versus 32. And then what was it in game three? Was it like 16 to 45 or something along those lines as well? Like mm-hmm. just that's unacceptable. And it's unacceptable two games in a row. And particularly when like you've got George Hill, Pat Connaughton, who really shouldn't be major offensive threats are literally like tearing us apart, causing us so much, so many problems. And we've got Gordon Hayward on the bench who, again, we've been down this road so many times. You've got to, we don't know where his health is and where he's at mentally and blah, 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 blah. But it's just completely unacceptable. And I think the bench production, even with a struggling Kyrie Irving and everything else that's at stake, just you only need a little bit more production of that bench. And I think we get either game three or this game here. I think that's, I, I just think it's unforgivable and that's why I blame them. Yeah, I, I, you're probably right, Jackson. Um, I don't know how you felt, Ben. I kind of couldn't really, once I sort of felt the game slipping away, like I just kind mm-hmm. of couldn't, <laughs> like my mind drifted to higher things, man. Like, I, like <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish mine like, could, yeah. <laughs> like I sort of I couldn't really focus too much on the minutia of the game it just sort of felt like it all felt inevitable in retrospect you know which is sort of like which is kind of like Danger Cart's perspective right which is you know we had no reason we, you know other than other than you know 90 games so far this season you know we had <laughs> there was no reason to suspect this was happening other than the 90 games that preceded it um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I, I, where I'm at is um, it's like like I'm going to refer to my not to push my own barrow too much, but like I'm just going to refer to this apocalypse idea, right? Um, man, my pop filter is doing overtime tonight. <laughs> 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 um, we're not good enough, man. Like we're not. <laughs> like even if we were as good as advertised at the start of the season, we're not good enough to beat Giannis. I honestly feel like we're kind of um I I feel like our position isn't that dissimilar to um like that of the Raptors last year. Mm-hmm. Like did do you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh man, like we actually have to do something different. And yeah. I know this sounds pretty rich coming from me, um, who's been like, nah, let's not trade for A D. Um, and I'm still not sure that I want it, but at the same time, like it's clear, like this team as constituted isn't gonna get it done. Um, yeah, yeah, and that it's it's good to have. Sounds silly to say out loud, but it's quite good to have one of those elite tier players in your team. And you're talking about Giannis. Like AD is probably, you know, when he has a full season, not riddled by injuries or ridiculous, you know, trade demands and rumors. AD is probably at that level, right? And particularly when you, you stick him in the paint, hypothetically against someone like Giannis, like suddenly you have at least a chance. And it just feels like other than game one, where in hindsight, it feels like the Bucks played more poorly than the Celtics played well, looking at the rest of the series. You know, you stick someone like AD in the paint against 
against Giannis and then offensively AD as well like maybe you start to have a glimpse of a chance in a series like this where it just looks like at the moment as currently built the Celtics just they just whether it's the next game or the game after like it's just we're doomed to fail at this point Mm -hmm. yeah I I would I don't know if Giannis is better than Anthony Davis or or the other way around or or whatever I think they just Mm -hmm. would cancel each other out and I think if you can if you can nullify or at least have something as equal to strength as Giannis, then that's that is just gold as far as I'm concerned. And considering we're gonna have to go up against Giannis like at least for the foreseeable future in the East, that's then the thing, yeah, right? yeah, it it make it's starting to make a lot more sense now. But if is he gonna come if Kyrie's not here? If Kyrie isn't gonna be here, or can we get him? It's it's so up in the air at the moment too. But yeah, it it is it's becoming crystal clear that we need at least an AD caliber player, if not AD himself. Yeah, definitely. So just getting back to the game today very quickly, uh, Reddit user, the total one, wrote Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford lost third quarter. I'm guessing they meant lost the third quarter by 14 points to George Hill, Pat Connaughton, and Brooke Lopez. Absolutely embarrassing. Um, well, I think one one thing that helped us last year when we had against the Bucks when we had a home court advantage is that like there was a, a distinct difference in the production of role players home versus away, and like I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, home court away in Boston doesn't seem to matter this year. Um, maybe you know the confidence that comes with playing alongside a potential future Hall of Famer in Giannis this year, and, and Coach Bud of course makes it makes a huge difference. But um, like. Not only did we not see a diminished um, production in those guys, but we didn't see a boosted production in our own role players. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, I, I just, yeah, I've said it already, yeah. but uh, well, I feel doomed. It's, it's not <laughs> like, doomed. yeah, I was gonna say, it's not like the Bucks played really particularly well in this game, Giannis aside. Um, mm-hmm. They shot, what, 21% from three and 37 or something from the floor. Something, something more like that. But anyway, 21% from three. We had more free throw attempts than them, more free throw makes than them and shot at a higher percentage. Yet, like, we, we were never even in this game. The problem with this game was just our production was just dog shit as well. Like, it was like, it was like last season when we went on the road, except, like, all throughout the season, except for game one. It's so bizarre, but, yeah, it's... So, I guess... The um the thing the, the original the comment from from the user talked about uh, was it the turtle one? Yep. That's really helpful how he capitalizes the turtle one, so we know which you know where, where the word breaks are. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> you know when some people string their usernames together or lowercase, you just sort of messes you up. But anyway, um, so this game kind of for me, I, it got me thinking about the difference between the the, the tier one stars and like. And 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 the and everybody else because like, people talk about like oh you need to be a top five or top ten you need X amount of top five players or top ten players in the NBA to compete. It's not really that. It's the the number of these players that are in tier one can fluctuate, right? But what they have, I think, in common is they just give their team absolute confidence. So, um, if you're if you're on the Bucks, right? Okay, you know that you are never ever ever really going to give up a significant run like you're not going to give up like a 15-0 run mm-hmm. like if if the bucks have like, like I, I mean i'm guessing like the celtics it feels like we've given up like literally like it feels like we give up one a game you know like Easy. like yeah. one a quarter like yeah <laughs> when Giannis is in the game right they're just going they might get outscored for a period right but they're just not going to get like hammered there's always Giannis there to stop the bleeding. And I, I feel like 
that gives them this that gives their their shooters this kind of confidence that if I miss this shot, it's okay, or I don't have to take this shot, right? Like there's actually we do have a fail safe, so I better take the shot if it's something we we want to take as a team. And I, I sort of feel like great players just the, the words that I keep coming with they just bend reality, like. You know, they're just such a force that they just bend reality and they give their teams confidence. And one thing, like I love Horford and I love Hayward's game when he's playing good. Um, but, right, clearly they are not that. <laughs> no. They are not those dudes. Absolutely not. You know, and there's, I don't know how many of them are at any time. Like it can fluctuate. I guess it could conceivably be 10 guys like that. But like the, the line is to me is somewhere around like Paul George, Kyrie Irving, right? Somewhere around that line where like Kawhi's in there, you know, Giannis is definitely in there. LeBron historically was in there. Kevin Durant's in there. I'd say Curry's in there. You know, it, to me, it's just clarified who the tier one guys are. And if you don't have one of those dudes on your team, you are not winning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you, yeah. can, you can have as many great players on your team as you like, as we've shown this year, you know, with, with Hayward and, and Al and, and Kyrie. But if you don't have one of those, just at least one of those elite players, then there's only so far you can go. And if your squad of great players comes up against this one elite player and a, and a team built well, constructed well around them, like is the case with uh, the Bucks. Yeah then like it's not going to work out as we've seen and that's definitely been a lesson that we've learnt this season hopefully it's a lesson that Danny Ainge and co have also learnt um but yeah i mean i think we've seen this squad goes as as far as they can go as constructed yeah. and and i think this is instructive cuz i don't know where we're going with this but like what do you pay kyrie you know where do you stand on kyrie this is um because he's confused because to me he's on the cusp of that tier but he's not he's not like he doesn't give our team confidence right like it's not like oh sweet we've got Kyrie the run's gonna stop like things go south even while he's there mm. so um yeah I I for me this is uh clarifying in terms of what do I think about Kyrie and I don't want to pay him 40 million um, I've reached that point. I think he's a great player. If we do wind up re-signing him, like, I mean, I'm still going to cheer, you know? Like, I'm still going to enjoy watching him play. But I think that's the decision I have arrived at. I just don't think he's that dude. I think he's not quite good enough for the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's... Uh, my, my, I, keep, I keep changing my opinion on Kyrie kind of... Mm. Not day-to-day, month-to-month, week fortnight to fortnight whatever you want to break it down but like it seems to just like ebb and flow and i he'd kind of won me back the start of the playoffs because i thought i can put up with the the pseudo intellectual horseshit i could put up with the <laughs> i could put up with the clanger quotes of just nonsense and like grammatically incorrect or you know whatever's coming out of straight from his brain out of his mouth um but i didn't i didn't give a shit about any of it if he went and scored 48 11 and 8 you know, against the Raptors. Didn't care. Fine. I thought that's what we were going to get this playoffs. Like, that's what was... Like, playoff Kyrie was coming, you know, with a lot of, you know, promise. And, like, he was coming... We were seeing what he can do in the past. So, we're like, all right, sweet. We're just going to get some of that. And we're going to be all right. But, like, my concern was for the longest time was that it, it, playoff Kyrie this year is not going to be the same as he was historically. And, unfortunately, 
um, it hasn't lived up to the case. So there's a, that's a flaw in his game and everything that he said off the court and you know his temperament and whatever's been going on in that dressing room aside, um, he's still a max player. Someone's going to give him max money. So I, the, the the choice is it really would we give him? I, th- I think you I think you have to offer it just just to say look yeah it's there but it's hard to say like I I I don't know where he wants to be I, I like the way he played today particularly the end of the game would indicate to me that his heart's not really here or maybe that's just the kind of guy that he is I'm not too sure is that the kind of guy you want leading your team uh, that's uh, where he, I, that's he... where I, I'm yeah, that's where I are now because I used to I just never used to care but now I don't yeah so what. What would Red Auerbach think of Kyrie Irving at the current Kyrie Irving on the on the Boston Celtics? The Kyrie Irving who like walked off the court with X amount of seconds left on the clock, who like has been rocking the boat all all season. You know what I mean? Like I but maybe maybe that's not the right approach to think about a modern Celtics team is what would Red Auerbach think? But as a fan, like a lot of my like emotional investment in the Celtics is sort of channeled through the the origins. You know, beginning with yeah, Red yeah. Auerbach, and yeah. I just can't like he just doesn't fit the mold. Um, yeah. Recency mm. bias coming into play a lot, but but uh, no, yeah. Marcus Smart fits the mold. Yes, absolutely, he does. Mm. You know, um, and you know, warts and all. I think Jalen Brown does. You know, Jalen has mental massive mental weaknesses, but. Dude stays aggressive, and I think I think he trying. may have, got, and he's weathered the storm. I think he may have conquered some of those this season, just to for the mental. I stuff. agree. I think he may yeah. have mm. be getting past it. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the biggest bright spot of this season. Actually, is I feel like Jalen Brown has weathered some really difficult stuff, and he's coming out of it like knowing who he is as a player. Yep. These are my strengths. This is what I do. Boom, 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 boom. You know, like I'm going to play to that and I'm going to be really aggressive with my opportunities. And I'd still, gosh, I'd love it if he could not front run his first free throw every time. But, you know, <laughs> we'll take our wins <laughs> where we can get him. So I had, I had Kyrie down to discuss later on as like sort of the elephant in the room. But I mean, we're on it. So let's just get to it. Like it, it seems like, you know, after these past three games, we're right back down to that lowest point with Kyrie Irving. What? I mean, we, we've kind of just touched on this, but as far as what to do with Kyrie during the offseason, like, where are you guys truly at with that? Like, first of all, will he resign with the Celtics or would he resign with the Celtics? And if he would, would you want to resign him? Um, and beyond that, like, what's truly, like, from your, I guess, your heart of hearts, like, what's your preference? You know, sign Kyrie and, and, and try and bait AD our way and into eventually resigning AD or. Um, send Kyrie packing and build around, you know, Smart and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum and stuff like that. Where are you guys at with that whole thing? I can answer that real quick. Basically, everything <laughs> I just said before applies. But <laughs> yep. we'll, for the benefit of the listeners. Yeah, exactly. Please, he's he's in summary. Skip the last minute and a half of me talking shit. This is basically what I said. Um, uh, will we offer him a max contract? I absolutely think we will because I think it's part of the, the, the long con, the big picture to get Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that. Will he resign? Does he want to stay here? No idea. Absolutely no idea. I thought he would have. I thought it was all noise and maybe just shit just getting blown out of proportion and definitely like a New York media sort of narrative push that a lot of people picked up to get him to the Knicks. I honestly have no idea where he would go. I thought maybe he would stay. Now, no clue. Um, would I prefer he leave or build around the young guys? 
I, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still tossing that up because like we talked about before with Anthony Davis versus Giannis with Kyrie in there, maybe, maybe a, a, a team catered more to Kyrie is how you get the best out of him. And maybe you get a bit more focus from him, a bit more production, a little bit more, a bit, a little less like boat shaking shit. Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> maybe that would help in the long run, but would it be worth all that effort and trading a lot of the assets that we have away to get Anthony Davis to, to try that? Or should we just let him go focus on what we've got here? We've got Mac. We'll have Mac slots to, to try and sign someone else. Like, I don't know. I think Kemba Walker's available. Do we do that? I don't know. There are alternatives aside. And I would love to see this core go somewhere. I said this would be quick. It's not quick at all. But yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I would rather him stay or build around the young guys. Really don't. Not yet. Okay. Um, will he resign? Um, gosh, that's one of those classic words, isn't it? Have we discussed this? The resign, resign? I'm adding a hyphen <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I remember, I remember that now, yeah. Uh, will he resign? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got plenty of uh, extracurricular <laughs> interests. <Yeah. laughs> Wants to spend time with his kids. Um, will he, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know. I think it's genuinely 50 we can um, offer them the most money that matters yep. um, yeah I don't know um, I would yeah um, I, would, I, would, I would say the odds are at 50% um, do I want him to resi- <laughs> resign uh, <laughs> um, like I've already said it no but it's not like a hard no you know, like if we did happen to re-sign him, I wouldn't be like, "This is a, this is gonna put our franchise, you know, in the flipping poo for years." Like, um, I, I think, like it, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if he does. I just think, like all things considered, I think we need a different approach. And I, I think, you know, look, we're just saying, look around, look what happens when you put forty million dollars into a guy who's just not one of them ones, right? When you put forty million dollars into a guy who just doesn't move the needle quite enough, <laughs> God, well, you <clears throat> find excuse you, me, you get a something in my throat. <laughs> you get John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you get you get an albatross, right? You get Westbrook. You know, sorry, man, but like Oklahoma City, like they, they're paying for it. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, they are. You know. Um, and um, f- who do I prefer to build around the sort of young guys core, the guys we've drafted, or Kyrie and AD? Um, hmm. AD might be those guys, but I think there's an argument to say he isn't. Like, just thought experiment. If KD and AD, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis switch places this year, what happens to the Pelicans? Like, do we have any doubt in our minds that um, that the Pelicans make the playoffs and are like a solid, like, you know, six plus seed? Do you have any doubt that that it's would be the really, case? It's a really, really good question. I have no, no idea. I mean, I don't, I don't have I any have doubt no at all. No idea. Kevin Durant, as he is currently playing, and you know, the drop off can't be too extreme going into next season. He easily pulls them into at least a very competitive first round, if not into the second round. Does he? 
Does he though? I, yeah. yeah. He's a beast. Uh, I, yeah. He's such yeah. a beast. So is Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's just the injuries with Anthony Davis yeah, but, aside. No, nah, but yeah. but like Anthony Davis has got a track record. Like yeah. he's actually had good talent around him. Like, you know that Aaron, Eric Gordon guy that's just been killing Yeah. <laughs> this whole you remember he used to play for the Pelicans? Yeah. yeah. You know that Tyreek Evans guy who was like keeping the paces in games against us yeah. and was really good for the yeah. Grizzlies last year? Like he was on that team. Yeah, I know, too. but like I don't like and you remember Ryan Anderson, that guy that reigned three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Like all I'm saying is like in in you know, Kevin Garnett might have been subject to some of the the same criticisms. I'm just saying I'm not like sure about Anthony Davis and the way that I like, I'm sure that Kevin Durant makes an immediate difference, and yeah. the way that Giannis has proved that he may, like if and if AD's not on that level, like how much better really are we? Like I'm not sure. Um, and for me, given that I'm sort of like oh, I just really want a homegrown team for you know some philosophical or not even philosophical reasons, more just like maybe emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I just mm. um. Even though I think oh, clearly would be worse if we built around like our young core instead of Curry and AD. Like Curry and AD is a really good team, mm. really really good team, and it's going to win an awful lot of games. But if they're not quite, if they aren't they, if they aren't those guys, if they aren't those. You know, there's some guys that you just couldn't pay enough in the league, and there's some guys that are really good, but you there is a limit on what you'd pay them. And um, and and I sort of feel like. Uh, AD, I'm not sure he's one of those guys. He hasn't proven it. Yeah. I'd, so on that basis, I'd rather probably go with the young guys, which is yeah. something that, like, I think is totally arguable the other way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think that I think the fun would come back, and I think the spirit of of like the team yeah. would def- it would make it a more appealing for fans to to get behind a young core development. And I, it's not like I don't think we would be a bad team by any stretch. I think if you gave, no. I think if you gave the keys to Jalen, Tatum, and Smart so to speak, like they're the guys who are go- who you're going to push forward from now on. Obviously, Horford's still going to be important. Haywood, shit, I still think Haywood still owes us one good season. And that's maybe more me like <laughs> pleading with him that he owes us a good Before season. Before he opts out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I still think, I still think full, full, season, full preseason and a healthy regular season and then see what he can do. Because maybe the mental leap from regular season to playoffs was just too great and the intensity was too much. So like that's still a very, very good team. Um, so I think that that's still really fun and really appealing to go for. But yeah, as you, as we were saying, the 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 Kyrie AD thing, I think that brings a whole world of of drama, of um of of similar uh potentially similar issues like regarding team chemistry and whether enough guys are getting you know their their chance to to shoot the rock and whatnot. But you'd imagine it would just be those two when everyone else is like not important anymore. Um. Yeah, I think I would rather go the young guys. To be perfectly honest, maybe that's just me bracing myself for the fact that like Kyrie's going to leave. We're not going to get Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stuff you would. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. So I'll just, yeah. Go, I'll just go with it. So yeah. No. Um. If you're going to make me choose, I I just lo- the idea. This is so weird because I think Joe, you were always about like like how it means to you in the heart, and I went back. Nah, it's about fucking winning competitive, and I feel like we're on opposing ideologies on this <laughs> argument alone. I would probably rather go the young kids. Maybe I'm just wounded from today. No, yeah. no, I think I would rather go the young kids. But okay, I, but you're fine, I yeah. see the argument. I see the argument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that it's hard to grasp. I see know, both sides of the argument. Like, I, I think that as a fan base, particularly after this like clusterfuck of a season, we we deserve like that sort of Celticy season where we have like a a young like gutsy squad and we maybe exceed expectations. Like, do you remember what that feels like? 
yeah. where we have like a you know on paper underperforming roster yeah. that overperforms and, and makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals until but, we run into Giannis again and he <laughs> shoots a million free throws yeah. and, we, yeah. and we get knocked out. Yeah, yeah. probably. So yeah, I mean that's that's going to happen. You know, every season for the foreseeable but, future. So that sort of leads but we to want the next honorable point. defeat, right? Like we don't want dishonor and defeat. And what we have here is a little bit of dishonor. And then the Curry walking off thing—that's just dishonorable behavior. Yeah, you can't. It's just, you can't. That's just. That. I'm just it not sucks. down with it. Really yeah. Sucks. So, so that that sort of leads me to the the reality of of you know potentially bringing on AD and you know Anthony Davis is the kind of player that you hope anyone that you decide to build around becomes. Like I know that he's got this track record. He's maybe a little bit soft. He's injury prone, but like talent wise, production wise, and just like in terms of like poking his head above that elite like cloud layer, Anthony Davis is the the caliber of player that you like you pray anyone on your team, anyone you draft, anyone you trade for becomes, right? And if he is within arm's reach, and if we can pair someone like Kyrie as a number two around him. And we are looking to get past guys like Giannis and Kawhi and whoever else in the finals. You you just do it, right? Because that's kind of the outcome you're hoping for, regardless of the path you try and take, right? Like you you want to end up with one of those guys. Um, and you know, I know Brad Stevens has kind of taken a bad rap this year because he hasn't really been able to make it work chemistry-wise with this team. You know, suddenly you you do away with a lot of those upper tier role players that have sort of been clogging the team in terms of you know shot selection and minutes and distribution and whatnot, and and you put him in charge of an AD led team where after AD and Kyrie the talent level kind of drops off like more logically and it's easier to form a team around. I I feel good about that team. I that's the direction I'd be leading in. As much as I love the young guys, I just feel like building something around AD with, with Brad Stevens and the, the culture barring this season of the Boston Celtics. I just, I feel good about that. That's that's the direction I'd like to see us go in. Mm. Look, I, I think the, the, the reason why that argument can carry the day, you know, just from a rational, like, championship optimization sort of perspective, is you, you've got to be convinced that Anthony Davis, right, is really one of those elite players and not just a little bit empty calories you know like you say he's he's the type of guy you dream about building around like you you pray that your your draft pick turns out like that and that's sort of true but that doesn't mean he's as good as kevin durant Mm. because he's not (laughs) you know and um and and so i'm like okay you've got to convince me for, for me to jump over to your to your side from a championship optimization perspective, you've got to convince me that what's happened to Anthony Davis in New Orleans is just bad luck, and he really is mm. one of those difference making players. I, that's on what a I think too. Level. That's honestly what I think too. Like just to just to justify my point earlier about like I was like, really, you think obviously KD is better than AD? I'm sure of it. But if you put KD on the Pelicans and AD on the Warriors, like swapping them, or even just get rid of AD out of the picture completely, does KD and the Pelicans beat the Warriors still? I don't think he does. And that's what Anthony Davis continually ran into in the playoffs. It was either the Warriors in the second round or the Warriors in the first. So I think you put Anthony Davis with the Celtics, run through the East, and then get to the, the, the Warriors, potentially, in the finals. That's a different story. But that, that's just all. That's just where I was coming from. So uh, that's I still, a really good I, counter I still think Anthony Davis on this team is fucking dynamite, with or without Kyrie. But I think it's either the one or the other at this stage. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I really and, don't know. And- 
Yeah, and to add to that, KD is clearly the better player. If it were just like pick, like pick who you would like on this team, like regardless of the obstacles that you need to go through to get there, like KD every day of the week. But the the path to AD, AD is more within our reach than KD at this point. Like there are some complicated sign and trade sort of scenarios that could happen for us to get Kevin Durant. But AD, it's a simple, we've got the assets, you know, they're cut above what any other team can offer really. I don't even think I'm, I'm biased in saying that. Like we, we can go out and get AD if we want him kind of. And yeah, that's we why- can just spin. We can just spin the tail. You can just give yeah. the farm away and we'll get him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, I don't know, we're going into a lot about off-season scenarios. There's still another game or, or two or three oh, yeah. or, or, you know, <laughs> potentially many more games left this in this is, current season. This is another game. <laughs> so we're going to circle back a little bit. So Inconveniently, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the Celtics are down 3-1 in this series heading back to Milwaukee, right? Like, where are you guys at with this one? Give, give me a scenario where the Celtics somehow come back and win this series and, and try and make it sound even slightly realistic. Uh, we get the wall out again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing, right? It worked in the first game. Just start to have Baines there, Horford there, Morris there, blocks in, hope that um, fucking Middleton shoots two from 10 again. Give it a whirl. Hope <laughs> yeah. Kyrie doesn't suck either. Possible. Just do that again. It's possible. Yeah. That's my best shot. I'm down for that. Yeah, we shoot 60% from the floor. We make 23s. Um, the Bucks, the uh, Giannis shoots ten free throws instead of twenty, um, and uh, Middleton, yeah, shoots worse than thirty percent from three. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean it's possible, but it, it's sort of like a win. Like I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we won, as dumb as it sounds. But it's just, <laughs> it, it's just not reality. It's prolonging like, the inevitable, uh, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Hence why we've spent most of this podcast talking about the off season already. Um, <laughs> yeah. On where the Celtics are at in this series, user Daniel PSOAD09 wrote, we've got them right where we want them, which um, I, you know, <laughs> we were talking about the stages of grief, like before we started recording. And I, I, I get that, you know, I've, I've visited that sort of um, that, that mindset a few times today. And, and quickly, I just want to circle back. I forgot to, to read this out on the Kyrie stuff. User Hail Kyrie wrote, Kyrie can literally go fuck himself and pack his bags for New York. <laughs> this is a great He cost us this series. Pete, my username, for fuck's sake, which I regret big time now. <laughs> if you didn't hear, his username is hell Kyrie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the full spectrum of emotions, of human emotions, available to the human mind, can be witnessed on the Boston Celtics subreddit this evening. Um, and I'll add to that, avoid the RNBA subreddit. If you are a self-respecting Celtics fan, just it's, it's honestly like it's, it's terrible over there right now. I, I don't want to go into it. If you want to have a peek, if you're um, some sort of sadist, um, feel free to go in there and, and, and take a look. But it's, um, it's truly not worth it. It's a true, it's, it's a war or be zone. brave or be brave and fly the flag. <laughs> I, up to, I up did to laugh though that. That tweet that you sent through, like you got to admit, the um the one about um they showed the picture like a Bleacher Report tweet at the start of the yeah. season with like a picture of the erotic city five oh, yeah. and who's gonna stop them and then somebody tweets back you know now like <laughs> George Hill and Pat Connor yeah <laughs> that's all it took yeah. <laughs> 
God. Tough times. Oh, basketball's a funny yeah. game. Are we, re- are, we, are we ready for the Paul Pierce memes that haven't already been coming our way? They're going to get even better now. Oh, we're no, so that's, yeah, that's sure. why I'm saying avoid RNBA. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute war zone right now. Just uh, like if you're in there as a Celtics fan, you're in the trenches and don't poke your head above the trench line because you'll get a bullet through the helmet. Um. All right, what else we got here? Pretty disappointing series so far. What are the... It's probably a good time to go to this this portion of the podcast. What are the positive takeaways from this series? Jalen Brown, etc. There's a comment from user Iverson who writes, Jalen has brought it every game this series. And if everyone remembers, he was basically the only guy to show up on the road in the first round last year as well. After Smart, probably my favorite Celtic. Positive takeaway from this series. You guys got anything at all? Yeah, um, I also really think Semi Ojale is an NBA player. I really, really, really do. Um, and you know, in the event that AD gets traded, um, one of those, one of Brown and Tatum's going to go. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Ojale does with some minutes. I really, really think he's an NBA player. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in him being a f- a functional NBA level role player for sure. I think he looked great in the minutes he played. Yeah, totally. I'd have to. I have to go back to Jalen Brown as well, too. I mean, Marcus Morris deserves a shout out as well. I saw there was a Marcus Morris appreciation thread by uh, <laughs> yeah. eccentric. He's he's eccentric, whatever. Yeah. So shout out to that because he yeah he's he's he started the season really well. He went patchy, definitely towards the end. Uh, still very much a scapegoat in a lot of fans' uh, eyes, either rightly or wrongly, but. You know, games. This game, the last game, I think would have been a blowout if it wasn't for him, which is like you know a very small consolation. But you know, he was fantastic um, this season, and I think I'm sorry, he was fantastic in the last couple of games. And I think over the the whole course of a season, he exceeded expectations for the most part. So there's that. But um, yeah, for me, definitely Jalen Brown is is the uh, positive, particularly how poorly he started out, and then it kind of came out that he had a hand injury or something like that, and then you just saw him trend upwards and upwards and upwards to the point where he just he's so automatic in the corner corner threes now. Like you just get it, you just know it's going down, and it's and there's so much other stuff into his game. You talk about like his free throw disparity, which has been poor all season. This series though against the Bucks, he shot ten of twelve, so it's it's good. I mean, obviously, I'd like him to shoot more, or or, or I don't know. Yeah, Jalen's been fantastic, and I think to add one little sort of hot takes aspect to it, I think I think if we're gonna try and trade for AD, I think Tatum is still the flashier sort of prospect, and I think Tatum is still gonna be big time. One day, I really hope so. I really believe so. I think he's still going to be fantastic. But I almost feel like he's a more attractive prospect that you can throw in there while we can keep Jalen Brown, who I really feel strongly is going to be a fantastic NBA player like in the next few seasons. It might even be mm-hmm. as soon as next season. He could be really good. And if we can keep Jalen Brown in any kind of Anthony Davis trade, I'm going to consider that a big win. I will say one other thing um, that's, a, that's a silver lining. I think collectively, as a as a fan base, we've reached the point where if Curry does leave, we're not going to be devastated. Like even if you would prefer that he stayed, you're not going to be devastated if he does leave. I reckon that's a silver lining, right, guys? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, people people will, will cope. We'll be okay. We'll cope. It'll yeah. be a positive. Just anything that happens that symbolizes a changing from the old to the new, right? Like anything that's just like okay, here now we draw the line to separate us from last year's talking from next year's perspective last year's boston celtics to this year's boston celtics like i think we're just going to be happy to sort of make that transition 
no matter like the fallout, right? Whether that means Kyrie leaving or whoever being traded, um, I think everyone's just going to be happy to move on at this point. Like it's been a, a bit of an, a, an emotional roller coaster. Um, in, in terms of the positive takeaways, you, you basically touched on it, Jackson. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I almost—it's weird. Like I feel like Jalen Brown's been better during the playoffs, right? Particularly during the the, the Buck series. So like. Jason Tatum is, I guess, still the better prospect and like we're almost in a position like maybe can we get away with like dangling Jalen, sorry, Jason Tatum out there for the Pelicans, trading him for Anthony Davis and actually keeping keep keeping Jalen Brown or vice versa. Jalen Brown's been great, whereas Jason Tatum is a better prospect. Can we get away with saying, oh, via recency bias or whatever, here's, here's Jalen Brown. We're going to hold on to, to Tatum because he wasn't so great during the playoffs like it's the point being is that we can make this trade and, and hold on to one of those guys and that feels like a cheeky little steal sure, yeah sure, sure i've always i've always said if we can get an ad trade with keeping one just one of smart tatum or brown i'll consider that success yeah i keep just I, one we better keep two yeah yeah, yeah god <laughs> especially marcus smart he needs to stay because He's like if, stay, if there's yeah. one red outback guy i mean he won the fucking red outback award this year it's marcus smart like mm. marcus it, smart's a friggin' champion oh, dude yeah. like i yeah if there's one guy on this team that we need to hold on to no matter what i it's marcus smart i feel like like he is, he is my my champion. I'm sure unless you guys he, feel the unless same. He, unless he ta- unless he ta- he's, unless he's done more damage to his hip shooting all those threes today. Maybe it's an IT situation all over again. Uh, Maybe they I'd... smuggle him into a trade, and that's <laughs> the end of his career. Would yeah. it be unlike us to do it? No. I can't <laughs> no. go there. To be honest, I cannot go there. Oh, I'd, not, oh, not I'd hate it. I'd hate it. It would. I'd, I'd have issues processing it, but not beyond the realms of possibility. On. Yeah, man. If like, if like, if if I thought like the karmic price of trading Isaiah Thomas was was horrific, it's paid. Yeah, with the paid the guy you drafted. <laughs> yeah, but like doing that to Smart yeah. would be almost like, oh man, like would be in, like would be in purgatory. Would be in basketball purgatory for a decade. Mm. I feel like that would be the, the the only fair price there. Yeah, you can't trade him. They'd have to you move can't. us. We'd be the Austin Celtics <laughs> yeah. or something. They'd have Austin. to move the <laughs> move the franchise. That's be brown from now on. Yeah, yeah. shit. Uh, I I think we've paid the the karmic payout for the Isaiah Thomas. I I feel like you know if this season goes as expected and we are eliminated in the next game or two, like that's that debt is paid, right? Like this is that's over. The Hayward injury and everything. And yeah. and Kyrie Irving bringing his like mental somersaults into the locker room, like it's it's done. We can I move on, like, right? I feel like if I feel like I feel like if Kyrie gets gets traded, then it's gone. I feel like Kyrie's the curse. Like if he leaves, rather, if he leaves, I feel like it's lifted and we've paid. As long as he's here, I feel like I don't believe I don't believe Joe's curse thing at all. But just <laughs> just to go <laughs> along with I, it, I feel like yeah. I feel like as long as Kyrie's here, that that juju's gonna be around. So <laughs> maybe getting rid of him's the like the is like the, the, the cow sacrifice from like Apocalypse Now. And we could just be free and go home. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're like, right. The thing is, even though we don't believe this stuff, like a little tiny bit of us does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, huge, huge part of me. We're all such, we're so tribal at base, aren't we? Like, yeah. It's human nature. Yeah. I, tu- I turned the game off today because we were losing and then we went on a run yeah, and I refused to put it back on because I'm like, I'm not messing this up. It's like, yeah. and I don't believe it at all, but I'm like, I, I'm not taking that chance in this moment because we were desperate. <laughs> I'm going to lean on it. It's so true. 
Yeah, I've been there as well where you're like, maybe I won't watch the game and I'll just look at the result afterwards because then as it's loading, it's it's like a coin flip and it feels more 50-50 than like the actual odds of the game. Yeah, even though the, even though the result's actually been decided. Yeah, yeah. Feel like, like yeah. it'll be decided for you in that in that very moment. Did you, hear what the, on. did you hear the commentators said in game three about how Danny Ainge, because he's had the heart attack, he wasn't able to watch the game. So he and oh, his family yeah. oh, put him in went to watch theater. a movie and they were going to watch it, tell him the result afterwards and then he can watch the game without being stressed. He wasn't watching a second of that movie without just sitting right? there, just going, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Like, I'm yeah. sure his heart he's, was fine, he's but he's sitting there punch, the whole time punch, just being like, punch, I don't punch. want to watch this movie. Yeah. Austin Ainge has was, the defibrillator yeah. on hand. I was, I was, I felt for him in that moment. I was like, oh man, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, uh, a couple more, couple more points to get here. So, uh, a Celtics Reddit user, uh, I suck big man titties made a post <laughs> after the game today, Excellent, four man. hours ago. Why is everyone complaining about Kyrie, but not Haywood? And then and basically it goes on to say, well, well, we all know that, you know, despite everything that's been happening with Kyrie and, and this series in particular, um, Gordon Hayward has not really stepped up. So, like, where where are you guys at with Gordon Hayward? I, I want to gauge where you're at. And in, in a season full of, of team-based up and downs, like, this dude has had his own run of individual up and downs. On the surface, it's easy to be disappointed in him given where we're at. But in a vacuum, it's also been kind of fun to watch him gradually improve. And now that we've had you know, a much larger sample size, essentially a full season and a, a bit of a postseason, um, are you sick of him? Are you ready for him to move on? Are you optimistic that he'll be back and he'll be better next season? Like, where, where are you sitting with, with Gordon Hayward? Hand on heart honesty, I just think the step up in it of intensity from the Pacers series to the Bucks series was just too much for him. Totally, and I don't, yeah. and I don't, and I don't think, and I don't think Kyrie did him any favors. Any of the other guys on the bench did him did him any favors. I think the step up was just was just too great because we've seen genuine progress. And you know, I started, I thought about just before we went on air, what would have this team last year looked like? So many variables and and what ifs aside, if Hayward doesn't break his leg, Kyrie does go down, but then you've got Hayward leading that team in the playoffs. I, I started thinking about that, and it, it's it's a lot of what ifs and whatnot. So anyway, that aside, um, I still think there is no way you could write him off until at least at least the middle of next season. Not even, in fact, just give him all of next season. You know what I mean? I think then we'll know for sure. Still, probably technically a bad contract considering the 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 production that he's given us for the money. Mm-hmm. But I think next season we'll know for sure if we don't trade him. <laughs> I mean, if we get to the end of next season, we don't know for sure. And, you know, and it's a little bit iffy. Well, he's got one season left on his contract. <laughs> These things come around so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're already halfway through that contract. It's nuts. Um, like the, the the sort of platonic ideal of Gordon Hayward, I love. I love his game. Um, and I really, really want him to be good. Um, and I'll never like, I'll never be like, oh, I just want Hayward to get out of here. I, I, I'll never be like that just because I, like I say, I, I just kind of like what I feel like he symbolizes mm. um, as far as, um, like, I just think his game's really pure, but um, he's a negative value contract. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to earn, he's not going to generate $130 million of value for the Celtics at this point. But you, I guess you can't think of it like that, right? Like, the the, the $60 million of, you know, where he's produced... I don't know, over two years to the level of a, I don't know, like maybe a guy who earned the mid-level. I don't know, like, you know, um, like we, we can't get that back. It's sunk, right? Um, 
I think if he goes in a trade, I'm sort of like, it's fine. You know, like, um, I don't feel, like, bad about that. Um, uh, but if he stays, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like where he's the dude and sort of he sets the, the, helps to set the tone of the team with Al Horford. Like I sort of feel like him and Al Horford would be just like a real solid emotional base for a team. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what that would look like with, with the young guys with, with no Kyrie in there. Yeah. Him and Uh, a, a good big man, right? Like mm. Hayward is so role based. He, he, the, his impact on the team is so role based, and I don't think he's a good pairing with Kyrie Irving. Um, no, so, I agree. someone posted this on the on the NBA discussion subreddit, and I, I sort of just was briefly reading it earlier today. And, and sorry, I don't have the thread up in front of me, so I can't credit this user. And I'm going to paraphrase it badly, but they were basically saying like. The whole the Utah team where sort of Hayward sort of peaked in before leaving and, and joining Boston was like gradually sort of built around him and the offense was built around him and he was able to handle the ball like eighty percent of the time and, yeah. and drive and make the right read. Um and like he had the confidence to get off his shot because he was the guy and if the defense acted accordingly to also make the right play pass wise, and that it's just not an experience he's been able to have on the Celtics and probably that will continue to be the case as long as he plays with Kyrie Irving who knows you know what what change that makes to that dynamic if you add AD as well so yeah I mean I'd be very curious to see the impact that he has in the remaining years of his contract if if Kyrie was to walk so I, I guess you can sort of add that in the like approving of, of Kyrie leaving column um Ultimately, though, you know, I'd love to see him figure out a way how to make it work. Like that really is the telltale sign of a of an elite, you know, NBA player. Yeah, is like how can you adjust your role? And Kyrie should be thinking this way as well to sort of make it work. You know that you're with with talented players. You guys are going to have to sacrifice a little bit to make it work, and we just haven't seen that this season, which is the, basically the season in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. Kyrie's been willing to change his game a little bit because he's averaging season high in assists and things like that. And I, sure. I think that's one point to that. But you're right. It's just, it just hasn't meshed. And it certainly hasn't meshed when he's coming off the injury that he's had and everything is at stake and how it has. It's just, been, it's just not been the ideal situation for this kind of um, relationship or at least Gordon Hayward's game in the circumstance it is to, like, you know, to, to, to really bloom and, and whatnot. So it's, it feels like a missed opportunity of sorts, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of run its course without adding enough well, something else to it, I think. The thing is, though, like, short of him being the principal salary piece in a Davis trade, we're stuck with him. Yeah, right. Like, time. So So I think we just... Okay, we're stuck with them, so let's just hope for the best, you know. And and I think there's some reasons to be optimistic. It'll still, it's still like it'll never have been ultimately a good decision for the Celtics to sign him. Like, it, it it'll never like you know he'd have to give us two years of like outstanding play, like in excess of what he's being paid. Right? It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, but but we can't cry over spilt milk. Like, if he can produce like a, I don't know, like a twenty million dollar player, or you know, like cool you know like that that's cool like i can't i'm not gonna i don't have hate in my heart for it <laughs> yeah you know? it, it's it's tough to say it was a mistake like given we sort of you given know you do it every time it, yeah. it's just that it hasn't worked out like it, it can't work out for mm. us in aggregate and he was the best available 
free agent at a time where we were seemingly one yeah. signing yeah. away from yeah. like making so that So many leap. teams wanted him. We're yeah. In a, we, were in a, we were in a bidding war, so to speak. Yeah. And like the injury, like that's no one's fault except for maybe Jay Crowder um, that that happened, right? So, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't agree with me there. So <laughs> we, we obviously we signed pre-injury Gordon Hayward to a max contract at a time where the market was such that, you know, he was deserving of that contract. So, yeah, yeah. you know, shit just am, doesn't am, work I'm out. Used, I'm doing revisionist history totally. Yeah. yeah. But I just, just to make the point that like, like, just to make the point that he can't live up to the value of his contract at almost at this yeah. point. I think he, you know? I think he can if the last two years are great, and then we get him on a cheaper one, and then those two years after or three years, whatever, are great. <laughs> Long term, sure. <laughs> but yeah. no, this contract itself, no, no, absolutely not. It's um that one's that one's toast. But um doesn't mean doesn't mean he can't doesn't mean he can't be a great player next year. Doesn't mean he can't be a great player the year after. Doesn't mean he can't do great things in his career. I think that's what's going to be the big. If he's still here next year, that's what's going to be. Yeah, you're right. The biggest, the, the thing I'll be most curious about, the biggest mystery is, like, can we get back something like Utah Gordon Hayward from the off? Yeah, um, if we were just to talk, I guess, you know, realistically, just very quickly, uh, and uh, for a way to, for Gordon Hayward to redeem himself, you know, home opener next season, we go against the Bucks as sort of like this, okay, the Bucks knocked you out of the playoffs. Gordon Hayward, I don't, I don't know, maybe he free throw line dunks through the legs over Giannis or something like that. Maybe he's, <laughs> you know, maybe he's back then. Stuff. Just, yeah, it's like, okay, all right, cool. He works out during the off season, gets a little spring in his step. I don't know. That's, that's what I'm looking for next season out of Gordon Hayward. Um, so a theme that has gradually surfaced through this season is that this team is hard to root for. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit already in this, this episode. Um, like that they don't have that typical like Celtics work horse factor. Like what's it going to take for you guys, like for, for you guys to regain that, that passion or respect for the team or, or level of interest in the Celtics? Like, I think Marcus Smart is the root of that kind of thing. But like what, what changes need to happen? If I'm talking in the remainder of this series and, and going forward from here, like what what are you looking for there? On top of everything we've already discussed, dudes who will rebound the basketball. Oh yeah, that's been a problem for <laughs> like a decade. <laughs> I mean, like honest, honest to goodness, I would pay PJ Tucker like twenty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, same. Um. <laughs> Yeah, from a, yeah, like yeah, rebounding hustle a little, just a little, just more, just mongrel and and just playing with a bit more intensity would be the the most obvious thing to to actually just root for them though. Like, I mean, shit, just start honestly. I'll just just win, just win, even if it's this boring <laughs> scrap of a fucking game. If we win the next two games and force a game seven, like I'm not going to be sitting there going, Kyrie. I'm going to be like, like in, all over it. So just win, just win two games. That simple. Yeah, totally. That simple. I mean, we're all going to be watching game five, right? Like, we all are. We're fans. Kyrie's been 3-1 down before in more (laughs) dire circumstances against a better team. I'm sure he will remind us about it. Just say. Um, say. (laughs) Ah, had a point. Sorry, Bean. Sorry, I can't. Sorry. I'll just quickly throw to the final uh, Reddit comment on this point. User Collie Motion, who designed the podcast logo, wrote, has there ever been anything that epitomizes Quote, talk is cheap more than the 2018-2019 Boston Celtics. Um, which, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been this like feeling of exhaustion, right? 
I, that's where I'm at right now after going up and down, up and down with this team all season. Then one last hurrah in the playoffs with a like a promising sweep of the paces and this opening game against the Bucks, and then ultimately one final massive letdown. And even within the vacuum of this game, we went on that like fourth quarter run where Tatum hit his first three of the series, I guess, and and Al Horford hit his first three of maybe the game. Yeah, and yeah, and like suddenly there's hope again but ultimately it's one final massive letdown you know um like in nature documentaries when there's like this animal being chased down by this beast of prey and and once the animal knows it's about to be caught and eaten it just kind of lays down in the grass and accepts its fate like that's that's not even an exaggeration for where i'm at right now like just fucking eat me like i'm so ready to just lay down and be eaten by like a deer the gods the basketball gods a I'm giant deer yeah yeah and and like this this elimination what is probably going to be an elimination is the hardest because going into the season this was the biggest oh shit we might win a title season since like 2008 maybe 2009 before the kg injury and like the expectations were like at their highest before game one of 82 even tipped. And then they just gradually cascaded down into what they are now, which is like neg- negative expectations. So there's no chance that they'll, they'll get back they'll dig out of this hole. And that's just made it so hard. I don't like, I've never experienced a season as a sports fan or let alone a Celtics fan that's, that's followed this path. And that's made it incredibly difficult to accept. And as the clock wound down today in this game against the Bucks, like I just feelings of doom. I suppose I I don't know. I don't know how else to to articulate it. It was it's just it's been a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> there's sort of like I mean, how many narratives are there that we actually accept as a sports team? We we accept like. Uh, veterans last stand that's an acceptable narrative for us right like we can handle that we can we can get behind that we can handle um dominant team um dominant team goes to championship tries really hard even if they come short we can handle that right Mm. um we can handle um plucky young team on the rise we can handle that um but this like you say being like underachieving team of veterans um, is not a narrative that we like. It's just not not. <laughs> we, you know, our computer just won't run that script. You know, yeah. just yeah, just won't do it. The, it's a bug. The, um, I'd say I'd say if you want a team that epitomizes talk is cheap more than the eighteen nineteen Celtics, maybe the eighteen nineteen Lakers. But right. I guess no one, no one really, no one yeah. really sane expected them to do anything. But I mean, LeBron missing the playoffs is pretty fucking funny. And the whole Magic Johnson stuff. So I'll always take an opportunity to shit on the Lakers when it'll <laughs> make me feel better, which it always does. So I think I think that team's been worse by a long way. We are far, far, far better than the Lakers, even though we couldn't beat them. Um, I felt like I, was, I felt like this team. The the analog for this team was um, last year's Thunder. That was what it always. I think I said it on the pot. I hope I did because I want to <laughs> want to claim it. But I re- like last year's Thunder had this epic points differential. They did. They were like, oh, they kept losing close games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and everyone was like, oh yeah, the Thunder will pull it together. The Thunder will pull it together. And okay, they didn't have the benefit of first, of a first round sweep. But like the 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 way they played against the Jazz last year is kind of the same to how we played against the Bucks. And I feel like the paths that those seasons have taken are pretty similar in terms of expectations being, you know, um, 
ultimately like never really realized but being strung along with a with enough hope you know mm. um, with just enough reason to hope that they might that you know that they might be able to figure it out that you you, you sort of keep watching yeah um yeah oh, what else can you say right like it's just it's just brutal i having said that Gash. game five right could be the last celtics game of of this season and like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be working from home that day i'm gonna be wearing all of my celtics merchandise i'm going to be playing my spotify celtics pre-game hype playlist which i'll share in the show notes for this episode like if it is truly going to be the last celtics game or the second last celtics game and we've got guys like marcus morris and terry rogier guys who i, I don't know through um, waves of love and hate like we've sort of come to I, I love in in our own weird way if that's gonna be the last experience of whatever the hell this is like i'm i'm leaning completely into it i i'm going to watch the hell out of this game i'm going to cheer like the crazy celtics fan that i am um and i Good on you ben. right like we should we should all just do that right like we yeah won't see a celtics game for a long time probably so you know it relatively long time so yeah. We need to be the fans that, you know, we need to be the type of fans that deserve a good team, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge the reality of what we see, but, like, I'm still going to hope, you know? Like, I'm still going to, I'm going to still take off my rational hat and I'm still going to hope that we can come back. Yeah, that's right. Sure. You got to yeah. do it. You got to do it. We, we have the only game we've won this series has been in Milwaukee and we're going back there. And yeah, I know that doesn't mean so because we also, we also got smoked by them in the other game and the last two on our own court. But you, you never know. I'm telling you, build that wall. Maybe Kyrie shoots better than fucking twenty percent or some shit, and then it's three two coming back to Boston. Yeah, of course I'm not going to give up hope. Of course I'm going to watch it because, like we said, it could be the last chance to see a certain Jalen Brown or a certain Jason Tatum or a certain Marcus Smart True. or a certain Kyrie Irving. Like, regardless of what you feel about Kyrie Irving, like, it has been a fucking wild ride with him aboard. So this is, your last, this is the last show, potentially. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to miss it at all. My expectations are well diminished, so it's going to be far less stressful, <laughs> I think, anyway. Yeah. You never know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all for it. I think we'll lose still, but I think it's going to be... It's not going to be like the last couple games. I don't think. I don't think it's hey, going to last couple of games, but I think we'll lose. We're still. finally, we're finally playing with house money in the season. Yeah, right? like we're finally there. We're <laughs> There's literally no more chances, <laughs> at least for the next four or whatever. Yeah, and look, Jackson, if if there is a game on Saturday, I'm coming up to Newcastle. It's probably going to be the gonna last. Yeah. It's going to be the last <laughs> game of. It's definitely if we do somehow win this next game, we probably won't win the next one. It's the only chance I'll get to come up and watch a game with you. I'm doing it. Coming Sounds up, good. get on I'm the train. A, I'm gonna have a bastard of a hangover that day. By the way, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I was I'll, gonna still, say, I'll still oh, wake up. On, I'll still let you in. Don't you worry. I'll I was gonna wear, say I'm assuming you're on. free on this day without without any sort of you prior check. You put me on the spot on recorded uh, <laughs> cast of this, but yes, agreed. No worries, man. I, uh, it's all right. It's all right. This has actually been a really good pod that no one's gonna listen to. <laughs> oh yeah, our, our numbers go down immensely after yeah. Celtics losses, let alone ones of, of this Suck it up. fashion. So give us a listen. Yeah, better, probably. <laughs> this is a really good one. Shout out to the listeners. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, my old man, Keith Fallis, who's whose birthday it is today. I, I gave him a Happy call birthday, for his Keith. 
gave him a call for his birthday. Obviously, we were just, you know, chatting and he was like, how are the Celtics going? Because he, he listens to this podcast, even though he has no idea about the Celtics <laughs> at all. Thank you, um, Good on you, Keith. And I was like, oh, dad, like, it's not going well. We had a, we had a crippling loss today. Things, things aren't looking good. And he said, like, give, give my best to the Celtics fans out there. Give them a shout out in a time where they're, they're probably going to need it. You know, let them know I'm rooting for them. So at least my old man's rooting for you guys, Celtics fans out there. So um, happy no, birthday, Keith. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll bring a championship home for, for you who does not care about the Celtics at all um, next year. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Shout out to my housemate, Mitch, who claims he listens to this episode. I'm going to put this in there, see if he actually does listen to it and, you know, acknowledge it. So there you go. John, you, man. Out my, <laughs> shout out, shout out to my mate uh, Josh Wong, um, who allegedly listens to some of the show. I'm your Joshy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. so Wongy Cho, Wongy Cho, shout out to you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. We'll be back in a week or so to wrap up uh, what will very likely at that point be the end of the season for us. But you never know. Well, you kind of do, but you never really know. We'll see. Jackson, Joe, love your work as always. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, I say. I will. Thanks, Ben. You too, mate. You too, Joe. (sighs) Yeah, pretty much something. Into the breach we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.